Hey everybody, welcome to the Inspire Podcast. This is Matt. And this is Brad. We are the pastors of Inspire Church in Westfield, Indiana. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening around here, be sure to subscribe to our text updates by texting the keyword INSPIRE. That's N-S-P-I-R-E to 317-451-4111. We hope the following message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Once again, welcome to Inspire Church. My name is Matt, and we are glad you're here today. We've been doing this series, like Brad said, called Get Off Your Donkey. And yes, I did take two stickers. And um, I, it's a fun way to have a conversation about something that is important to us here at Inspire. We talk all the time about wanting to engage in serving. We believe that at the heart of what God is doing is that he's called us to be a part of a mission And uh, today I'm speaking on this, and I'm actually going to do one more talk on this. I'm going to try not to get too excited and share everything I have to say about the topic, because let's be real, uh, I can get pumped up, and then I get off track, and I'll just say everything. I don't have anything to say in like three weeks or whatever it is I'm speaking. But today, uh, as Brad said, Sarah came and she did a conversation with us last week about talking about how where do you have a hard time, who do you have a hard time seeing yourself in? Because we all share this image of God. Male and female, we were created in the image of God. And, and we have this, uh, if there's nothing else that we have in common, it is that, that we are like one being, one entity, one humanity, that we all reflect the glory of God. And it's a, it's a fun thing to talk about, but it's way trickier when you start thinking about ways to live that out, right? Because we, we do intentionally divide ourselves up. We find all sorts of reasons to, to make sure that we see ourselves as different. And sometimes we like being different. It's fun to be different. And um, around here, we celebrate the, the, the ways that we are different because at the center of it, we talk about Jesus is at the center of the, the, our gathering. And so in a room like this, we have people who think differently, who believe differently. We have Colts fans in here who are in like a weird state this morning. Well, how many of you thought it was strange that Brad even talked about Andrew Luck? Yeah, you're like, what is, he's growing, isn't he, people? If you're new today, Brad is not our sports guy. Uh, I would be that pastor. And what's happening is like two weeks in a row now, he's mentioned like last week, I think, or two weeks ago, he talked about the Patriots, and I was like, what? Who is this guy, you know? So I think he's doing his research. Uh, I did watch the end game, Brad. I watched that last week. Just to t- I forgot to tell you that I watched that. So uh, anyways, I always mess up the names of his movies. So but, uh, anyways, uh, so we, we started uh, on our Vision Sunday. We talked to you guys about how we come up with these series titles, and I thought this was kind of interesting. I did a Google search. And it was like, there's other churches that have done a series similar to this. And I discovered there's a guy named Reggie McNeil, who I had actually read a book by him a long time ago called The Present Future. Uh, and I thought, that was a really good book. But I hadn't read anything else he'd done. And he did a book called Get Off Your Donkey. Now, what I would love to be able to tell you is like this book was like foundational in our conversations as we started Inspire Church, but it wasn't. But what's interesting to me is as I started reading this book, it's as if he'd been reading our playbook. Uh, as we talk about things we want to do around here as a church and the things he was saying churches should be doing, I was like, hey, he sounds a lot like some of the things we're trying to do. He sounds a lot like some of the things that we, we, we champion, we value. And so uh, this is a fantastic book, actually, and I'm, I'm about four-fifths of the way through it, and, and uh, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, he, he inspires people to basically get off their donkey like what we're trying to do. And, and remember, uh, this whole series is talking about the, the story of the Good Samaritan. 
And so today, I want to just dive right into the scriptures. I want to tell you, point out a couple of different things. And we are going to be talking about this topic for a couple more weeks because we do believe that serving and, and getting involved in the world is an important part. Uh, what God has called us to do as people is that he's given us a mission. He's put us in this space, in this place, in this world at this time for a purpose. Not just that we would have a set of beliefs, but that we would be his people. Uh, you may remember uh, in, in, towards the end of Jesus' time on earth, he says this prayer. And what part of his prayer in the New Revised Gaylor version is that, Lord, may they be one and may the world know that they are mine because they are unified. And that they, they, are, they love each other so well, that's how the world will know that they are my people. And so like, we have this mission, we have this, this task that's been handed off to us that we are a certain type of people that not just sit in rows in the dark, because we don't want anybody to see all the messiness stuff in the room, I guess. I don't know. Uh, that was a joke, and you guys are not awake yet or something. Like, what's going on here? Like, you know, we don't just sit in rows and uh, have a bunch of beliefs that we hold, but that we are a group of people who are given a task. We're given a cause and a, a mission to live out within this world and we can't just sit by idly waiting that someday we would be able to, to be going to heaven and we have our ticket punched to go to heaven. But no, we have a cause to live out here and now. And so we're going we're gonna to dive right into this. In Luke chapter 10 is where we find the story of the Good Samaritan. And uh, it's verse 28. If you want to follow along, I encourage you to do so. But we'll also have it here on the screen. It says this. Verse 25 says, on one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, what is written in the law? How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, which is a reference to Deuteronomy chapter 6. And he says, then love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, you have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. Now, I, I don't know what your, your history of church involvement is, but I, I want to really paint this picture very clearly. We talk about this all of the time, and I even kind of alluded to it a minute ago. But like, If you are a part of a faith or a group of people who are rallied around a faith, and your faith is centered in a someday we will go somewhere else, and it's going to be fantastic. We're missing part of the story. Because what Jesus does here, notice when he's asked, the guy starts with this question, how do I inherit eternal life? It's kind of like a selfish thing. Like, I want to have eternal life. I want to have, uh, other translations can call it abundant life or life to the full. You know, there's other ways of talking about this. But like, how do I have life at its best? And Jesus takes that question, and notice how he pulls it into the present. It's not that like, well, if you believe a couple of things, and you, 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 know, you, you kind of pray a certain prayer, uh, that you can just, everything's going to be fine, and someday, when it's all over, you're going to have the fire insurance, you're going to be good, and you can go to heaven, you don't have to go to hell, don't worry about it, right? Have you said the prayer? That's not what he says, is it? Like, Jesus takes this question about eternal life and he brings it right in to the present. 
You see, our love for others should reflect the same kind of love and self-interest we have for ourselves. That's one way in which you can experience eternal life. Jesus says, like, eternal life isn't someday somewhere else, but it starts here and now. If you want to experience that, love your neighbor. You know, the guy gives the, the typical church answer. Well, this is what the scriptures say. I should love my neighbor as himself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, heart soul, mind, and strength. And, you know, and then he throws all those different things in there. Like, those are the answers that he gives. Now, there's a good chance that he'd been listening to Jesus' teaching for a while. There's a good chance that maybe he'd been following along and he'd heard Jesus kind of give the answer already. And so he's kind of like, you know, I'm a star student. I took notes. Doesn't that sound like something you would say, Jesus? Look, that's my answer I have for you. You know, I, I think sometimes if we're honest with ourselves, we get very self-focused about our faith and our religious beliefs. And we have similar questions like this guy has. We're like, I want life too. Like, I want to live eternal life. I want, and you know, sometimes I can get, get pushed off into the future someday. Like, someday I hope I go to heaven. And you'll hear people will paint pictures about what heaven might look like. And what it's going to be so great. And we're going to walk through. We're going to see all our old friends and loved ones and all these things. And you can get kind of caught up into that little movement of, of stuff. And I'm not saying that doesn't happen. But I'm not sure that that was the point for Jesus. Because over and over, you hear Jesus pray, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Like what's happening here, now, in the world matters deeply to God. And Jesus shows us that over and over. You know, we want that life, don't we? We want eternal life, abundant life. We want to have live life at its best. But how often do we really care that other, people's have it, other people have it too? Now, I know none of us are like, man, sometimes we can look at other people's stories and we can feel bad for them or whatever. And you might be able to see some other people, uh, you know, suffer and it breaks our hearts, right? Like, no one in this room is going to stand up and say, well, I'm glad they're getting what they deserve. Like, no, no one, like, whoever those people are, I don't even know who they are. I'm just, like, you, it's easy for your heart to break for other people, right? Now, we know this parable kind of continues on, and it tells the story of a guy who's attacked, and he's beaten, and he's on the road um, from Jerusalem to Jericho, which is kind of a, a place that most people would recognize, and it's a, it's a dangerous road, and, and uh, some people might have even been hearing the story and thinking, oh, of course he's going to get attacked. He's by himself. He's on that road, and he gets what he deserves. He made a bad decision. You know, you make a bad decision, bad things happen to you, right? Like, Jesus continues on the story, and, you know, here comes a priest, and here comes a Levite, and both of them pass by. They don't help the guy who's beaten and look, left looking half dead on the road. He's laying there, and then here comes a guy on a donkey. And Jesus says that the despised Samaritan stops and helps him. And, and he paints this picture of this guy who, who gets off his donkey and goes over and helps a guy who's been struggling, who's been hurting. He puts him on his donkey, takes him to an inn pays for his stay and, and asks the innkeeper to take care of him. You, if you don't know the story, you can read the rest of it in Luke chapter 10. But here's, here's the thing that I think is quite interesting about all this. Jesus, he takes all of these conversations about eternal life and he puts them in a very tactile, very present state. 
And he starts to talk about your neighbor. And he starts to talk about here and now and things like donkeys and inns and, and taking, you know, all these little things you actually have now here that you can use to help someone. He brings all of like these everyday things right into a conversation about what it looks like to have eternal life. Now, Jesus isn't the only person who's ever connected serving to this uh, idea, you know, serving others and even generosity uh, to this idea of experiencing the best possible life. He's not the only one that's ever done that. Um, actually, there's a, a Gallup research scientists have identified that community well-being is one of the five essential elements of a person's well-being, which is interesting. So Gallup starts doing a, a research poll. I was reading up on this a little bit. They have a great book that's out. Um, and they've, they've found five elements that help people experience life at its best in, in some sense. And they're not, it's not about faith or anything like that, but they just talk about community. They talk about generosity. They talk about serving others. And there's a bunch of other things. But at the top of the list, when they uh, would ask people, I'm going to just read it to you. It says, at the highest end of community well-being of the community well-being continuum is giving back to society when we asked people with thriving well-being about the greatest contribution they had made in their life with few exceptions they mentioned the impact they have had on another person group or community these authors conclude that this sense of having made a contribution may be what differentiates an exceptional life from a good life. Isn't that interesting? Like these guys, they're not, they had zero agenda about Jesus, but they're like trying to figure out what makes some people feel like they're, they're thriving at life. And they identify that giving back to others Serving others was one of the greatest uh, contributors to someone's well-being. You found this to be true, haven't you? Like you found that generosity, in in many ways, is like one of the best things you can do. And if you, it, it can be as simple as giving a great gift to someone you know or love. Like you, you think about uh, just generosity in itself. That's why we get things for our kids, right? Now, some of us, if we're honest, we might say well, we're just trying to get them to shut up. <laughs> I just needed them to stop for a minute. Uh, but in reality, what it all comes down to is you love giving great gifts because there's something fantastic about watching your kids enjoy something that they deeply wanted, right? You love that. And it's the same thing with serving. But what we found is, and I can, I can introduce you to people who attend here, who some of the, the things that help your life grow exponentially was just getting involved in serving. Because when you serve, it opens your world up. Like sometimes our world can be really small and it's just you. You're, like, you're in the center of it and everything kind of orbits around you. But when you open up your world and you start serving others, your world gets bigger. I have a friend who attends here and I won't use her name, but when she first started coming here, she was new to the church thing. Like she wasn't sure... Uh, she was like, I don't know enough about the Bible. I don't know enough about all these different things. I'm still just trying to figure some of this stuff out. And I asked her, like I do, if she wanted to get involved and serve. And I found out she was a teacher. I knew she was a teacher. And I was like, why don't you get involved? You could serve with helping with the kids. And she's like, oh, I don't know nearly enough about that. Well, she got involved. She started teaching. 
And she started teaching, and she started learning alongside the kids. She was learning the lessons sometimes as she was teaching them. And what she quickly realized was the opportunity that she was given to teach helped her grow exponentially, not just in information, but she started to learn, and she could see things happening around her, and that service opportunity transformed her faith journey. And she grew tremendously just by getting involved in serving. Like you get involved, you start getting into things and you find that your world gets bigger. Now, as uh, these guys would say, like this serving idea is maybe the, what differentiates, I wrote this in my notes, what may differentiate uh, an exceptional life from a good one was someone's contribution to others. You know, Jesus would call the difference between a good life and a great life, you know, the abundant life. Uh, if you attend here very regularly, you know that uh, you've heard Brad talk about this, and I talk about this verse a lot, but like John 10.10 10 is like my favorite verse of all. Like, and it, it's, a, it's a story that Jesus is telling. He's talking about there's a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And then he says, my life or my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. That's the New Living Translation. Another translation say, I have come that they may have life and life to the full. Oh, some translations say, I have come that they would have eternal life. Or uh, another one says abundant life. Like that's why Jesus came. Like Jesus came that you would have not just this, not just survive life, but you would thrive at life. You would live so well. And sometimes when we get involved in what God's doing, we want to start teaching. Don't you? You want to get involved. You're like, you found something. You've experienced something. Maybe you got involved in a community like this. Uh, and if you're new today, uh, Brad today talked about how We've given you a couple of tools to invite your friends, and we got a series coming that we think will be a tool to invite your friends, and we've got little stickers that maybe uh, you can use to start a conversation with people. Like, but what happens in reality is when you find something you've, that, you've, that you love, you talk about it. You find a group, you invite them to it, right? And for some of us, you found this life, you found little glimmers of like there's something different that can be possible in my life if I just follow this new way or get connected with Jesus and I just try to serve and and you start getting into this and what has traditionally happened in the church world if we're honest is like we have put ourselves up on a pedestal that we have all sorts of the right information and we when having you know the opportunity to we think serving the world would the best thing we could do to serve the world would be preach at them like, you've been to that sports game, and there's the guy there with his bullhorn, right? You hear him yelling, like, I am a pastor, and I hear that guy, and it drives me nuts. Like, I'm walking by, and he's like, you're all going to hell, and you suck at life, and you need Jesus, and you're just like, man, dude, does this work? Like, I'm over it, and I'm, on, I'm kind of on your team, I guess. I don't want to be on your team, but you like... You've had that. I know you have, right? Like, like, I don't want to be on this guy's team. I believe in, like, in Jesus, but I don't believe in that. Had that experience? You've seen it. It makes you feel funny. You're like, oh, dear goodness. Like, sometimes the idea of, of you know, getting involved in your community when it comes to church is that we have to, we're going to just preach at people all the time. You know, uh, when we first started uh, the, the church um, and if you're new today, Brad and I, at one point in time, pastored two separate churches. And then we became friends, and we created one new church together. And so sometimes Brad will talk about, like, the start of Imagine Church, and I'll talk about the start of City Spring Church. And what happened was those two stories birthed 
this church you're a part of now, Inspire. And so Brad and I had similar experiences with this, but like I had this moment when we were first starting out that I had, uh, there were two questions that I thought really were important for us to address as a church. Um, and we mentioned this in Vision Sunday, so this might not be new to you, um, but Right now, where we sit, 46074 zip code, roughly 67% of the people who live in our zip code say they have little or no faith involvement. And, uh, and the church that we were starting was kind of being birthed out of another church that had kind of declined and was about to close. And at the time, we thought, maybe we can start a new church. So we tried to partner this new church birth with an old church that was dying. And we we're like, this church was dying, and we we're going to try to birth a new one and start it with some of the people, okay? And so really I was burying a church first, and I was going to plant a new one. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think that's funny. Uh, and unfortunately, if we're honest, there are a lot of churches around in our community, in our city, and even in our world right now that are, they are, the hole is being dug, and they're about to be buried. They're dying. And here's what breaks my heart about this. That church was dying and closing, and no one in the community knew or cared except for the people who attended. I don't think that God's dream for the church ever included us being so far removed from our neighbors and from our world that they knew nothing about us, nor did they think we mattered, or if we were to close down, that they didn't care. No one knew nor cared that it was closing. And so we're like, what if, I mean, seriously, like, what if a church, and this is part of the reason why Brad and I had to start new churches, because it's hard to convince church people of this, that this is worth going after, if I'm honest with you. Like, what if a church cared more about people in the city and the community that didn't attend than the people who were already present? I mean, I know that sounds like if you attend here, you're like, oh, that makes perfect sense. But with the beginning of this, it was a difficult journey to begin, really. Because what we do is we set up systems and things that we like. If we're honest, like we would play music we like. If we're honest, we would do all the things that we like. And we would have, you know, like everything would be centered around the interests that we have. And it would just kind of, and it has in some aspects, that churches, if we're honest, sometimes can become like country clubs. You pay your membership dues and you expect certain services to be present. You know, like, well, sure, I love underwater basket weaving. We should have a class. <laughs> right? You know, like, that's how you just think about church. Now, we operate in like, here at Inspire, we operate in like a free market society. So it's like, if people, if you, enough of you want to do something, we'll go for it, I guess. But I'll tell you one thing we will not compromise on. That's our mission and our vision. If you ever wanted to turn this church inward, focused, and care just about yourselves, Either I would make a scene or you'd fire me, but I wouldn't pastor that church. And to be honest with you, the reason why you love this church is because we don't pastor the church that way. Can I get an amen? <laughs> hey, good job, guys. We don't even say amen, and I think everybody participated, right? Like, we just, we have a different value system. Like, what if a church cared more for the people who didn't attend and thought of, tried to, try to think of fun ways to help engage people? Like, what if we did that? What if we tried to find ways to just serve the community and, and, and make it so that they just, maybe it changed the narrative slightly about what they thought church was like? 
When I first started talking about our church serving the community, I had a, a network of people who uh, were wanting to help us and support us. And they had a stipulation that they would support us, but they wouldn't buy anything for the church. They'd buy things that would help the church serve the community, and I loved that. Isn't that great? And so this group, when we were first getting started, I mean, we had nothing. Uh, it was a miracle that City Spring even got, got off the ground, and I mean literally a miracle. Uh, I, I've told this story before, but like I had 98 people who signed a covenant who were a part of this other church that were going to help me start this new church. And I got there in February of 2010, I say, I think. Um, the years fly by, I can't remember. I got there in February of 2010. It took me two years to kind of help bury that church and start a new one. And uh, I successfully got there in February. I had 98 people. I successfully grew it from February to September in our launch of the new church. I grew it from 98 to 52. <laughs> Not bad, huh? And, uh, you know, we, it was a difficult sell. It's a difficult sell to get people to care about other people. Isn't that sad? I don't believe everybody left the church. Like, there's, there, I have good friends who have moved on to other things. That it was, it was a, there was something else. They moved. They went to another place or their children. Or there's not everybody that left was like a disgruntled church leaver or anything like that. But the reality is, is like we convinced a group of people that like this was worth going after. And we're going to do it. And so... Uh, I had, we got this thing started and we took off and we, we started planting the church. And this organization, uh, they're called Indiana Ministries. They're like our state leadership of our church, or like a network of churches. They don't really lead us, but they have influence in some ways. They helped us buy a screen, a movie screen. And I kid you not, I had people asking, why do you want us to buy a movie screen? That seems strange. Like, shouldn't you like like do a mailer and invite people to come to your church? Or shouldn't you like spend that money on something like you can use in your church services? Something like that. You want to do what? And I told him I wanted to buy a big movie screen and I wanted to start a thing called Movies in the Park for the city of Westfield. And they're like, so it wouldn't you, before the movie, you're going to preach to them or something, right? No? Like, are you going to like hand out tracks and introduce them to Jesus? No, no, to be quite honest with you, our first service projects, I wasn't even smart enough. This wasn't a church growth strategy, to be honest with you. The reason we started serving our community was because I needed my people and our people to see their community, to see their neighbors. We started doing, we did movies in the park, we did a couple of other things, and what happened was is our people started seeing there's a lot of people in this city I don't know. And they would be at these events and they'd be talking to people and they'd like, they'd fall in love with their neighbors. Like they were good people. They were really nice. And so I didn't, we, we weren't even smart enough to think about this, like we're serving the community so maybe they'll come join our church. It wasn't that. It was like, honestly, it was about us. Like I'd never said it quite this bluntly or meanly, but I was like, like you need to go serve somebody because it will help your world get bigger. And you need to go get next to somebody that doesn't go to church, who doesn't have anything to do with church, and watch how that grows you, how it changes you and shapes you. Like, it'd be good for you to go do that. So I was like, we're just going to go serve. We're going to put these people out there. We're going to make them, they're going to they're gonna love people one way or another, dang it, <laughs> you know? And so we did. We went and we started serving. And what happened was what our church naturally became so focused outwardly 
they started thinking about other people. I couldn't stop them. They had all these ideas coming to me, like, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should try this. Maybe. I was like, listen, people, we are broke. We can't do all those ideas. We can't try all those things, but I'll tell you what, we'll try something. I mean, that's a, that's a fun little story of how some of these things started happening. Like Brad's uh, uh, Easter egg drop, when he started that thing, that's, that was started at Imagine Church, and, and it was very similarly. Like, no strings attached. Just come. We want to bless you. We want to serve our community. And when people showed up, uh, we didn't have, like, everybody sit on the lawn, and we're going to do a flannel graph about Jesus and tell you about how he saved you. Because like, here's what happens. I tell our pastors this when we do the egg drop every year. Uh, when people come to things like the egg drop or events like that, and they hear that it's put on by churches, they have an expectation in their head, and it's not always a good one. They, have, they expect that when they go and they are served by a group of church people that they're going to have to endure something. And what I mean by that, there's like, at some point in time, I'm going to have to sit down and you're going to lecture me about my faith or all the bad decisions I've made, right? Or at some point in time, I'm going to feel bad that the child I brought, we had out of wedlock. At some point in time, I'm going to have to just endure a little bit of that so my kid can have a good time, right? They have these expectations in their heads. And our goal when we do those events is always to shatter those expectations. When people show up to those events, whether it be movies in the park or photos with Frosty or our, our uh, egg drop, when they show up, we love them. We have a good time. This is just about blessing you because you're our neighbor and we care about you. You bear the image of God. We don't say any of those things, but it's, it's, we do it by saying, hey, we're glad you're here. We do it in the excellence in which we, ex- we uh, pull off our events. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but sometimes churches suck at doing things like that for the community. Like, let's be real. Like, you go and do an event for the community and people are like, oh, well, it's not going to have that good a quality because it's done by church people, Right? But no, we blow it out of the park. Spencer and the team, they, they do a fantastic job making sure every little detail. We put as much planning and effort into that as we do a worship service because it is like a worship service to us. It's how we serve our God. It's how we love our neighbors. Those things, they matter. And for us, the idea of spreading the good news, you know, this involves both telling people good news about God's gift to them as well as doing good works to demonstrate that gift to them. I love that line. Like We don't just tell everybody about God's good news. We also demonstrate it. God's got a, he's got a calling on our lives. We've got a mission that we get to live out on blessing the world. Like You and I were called. We were gifted with this task of becoming blessers of the world. It sounds great, doesn't it? Blessers of the world. Like We were called to be like a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. God was going to bless his people. And as he blessed us, we would go and it would be like, it'd be like the splash section at the old uh, Sea World, you know? Like you were so blessed, it would just overflow on everybody else, right? And we've lost that somehow. But here at Inspire, we're trying to relive that. We're trying to live that mission out, that calling out. We want to bless this world so much. We want to shatter expectations. We want to do everything we can to not just tell people about the good news, but we want to give them demonstrations of what it looks like to live life well and to have a good time. Because, like, how can it be life at its best and you look miserable? Like, I'm being honest about that. Like, this isn't even in my notes, but I'm fired up. Like, you've seen those people who say they believe in Jesus, and they just look miserable. Like, I don't want anything to do with that. 
please don't, don't give me that. I want to stay away from that. That looks contagious, you know? But seriously, like, we want people to experience life at its best. That's why we here at the church, we talk about setting, we give you opportunities to serve. Because at the heart of you experiencing life at its best is you serving. If you want, if we want that for you, we have to give you opportunities to serve. We have to invite you into it, and you've taken us up on it. We said this in our vision study, 82.5% of people who attend here are involved in some way or another in one of the things that we do in serving, whether it be in kids' ministry or ushering or greeters or tech or our community outreach events or our family promise thing that we do where we house homeless families in the building. All the different things. I'll forget something. But all the different things that we do, like you're all involved. You've caught on. You want to be a part of something that's making a difference, that's trying to help further the gospel. And it's not just about preaching at people. It's about loving people and serving people. This is why we talk about it so much. And it's also why we talk about serving outside our walls because the gospel doesn't live in this old lumberyard building next to a brewery. Although some of you came here because you're like, hey, maybe the gospel is there, right? <laughs> when you found out there was a church next door to the brewery, you're like, that does sound like good news. <laughs> I'm on a roll. I'll stop. <laughs> uh, like, you know, that's why we talk about serving outside our walls. That's why we create these opportunities. Because service brings life to us and to our community. You know, if we want to be inspired, you know, we've said this a hundred times. The Latin word inspire means life, breath, wind, or spirit. When we are inspired, we're having life breathed into us. It's the very image that God gives when he breathed life into Adam through his nostrils. (laughs) If you were here for Vision Sunday, you know why that's funny. Uh, you can listen to that online. Like, that's the image that God gives. Like, he breathes life into us. And one way he does that is through when we serve. It's like we're breathed. Life gets breathed into us. And so, we serve. Jeremiah 29, 7 says this. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you. Pray to the Lord for it. Because if it prospers, you will too. We care about our city. We're involved in our city. We're actively working with, with people in our community to try to, to unify our city so that it could thrive and be fully alive. We don't always create things on our own. We partner with other groups, other people, city leaders, because we believe that if the city thrives, so will we. And here's the deal. We don't have a ton of resources at this church. We don't. I don't say that to make you feel bad or anything, or make you, we don't need to wallow in that, but here's the deal, we have enough, and look what God's given us, and look how we've leveraged it, and I just believe that the old parable, you know, you're given little, you're faithful with a little, God will give you more, and so we're proving to be faithful with a little bit, and here's what's happened, God has given us, uh, he's got given us more relationships, he's given us influence in our community. Like, I think it's something to be proud of that our church, uh, and I don't, this sounds kind of, maybe it's arrogant, I don't mean it that way, but I think it's a sign that our vision is coming to life. It's like when there's an opportunity for uh, something to start in the community, sometimes we're asked to be a part of it first. Like, we told the story about Dr. Great wanting to start a prayer service with her staff. It was just for her staff. And she called us to help make it happen. Dr. Grace, the superintendents of the schools. Like, she doesn't intend here. It's like, if something's going to happen in the community, maybe they can help us because we've proven to be faithful. Like, we've proven to try to, we want to serve the community. 
given an opportunity to do that, well, we should ask them. I think it says something about our heart and our mission. We have so many different relationships within our community, businesses, and, uh, you know, I, I was counting the number of friends I have who are realtors. We have a lot of realtors in this city, by the way. But, like, we have a lot of relationships, people that don't even always attend here, that love what's happening here. Banks and, and car dealers and all sorts of stuff. And God's given us those relationships for a reason. And so we're going to try to figure out ways, how can we leverage the relationships we have? How can we leverage the resources that we have to make as big of impact as possible? I'm kind of excited to share with you something we're creating. We're creating a brand new event, and it's going to be starting this fall. It's going to be the first ever, and we're calling it the Westfield Trunk Retreat and Hayride. Doesn't that sound exciting? Yeah, right? Now, let me tell you about this event, because this is what makes it so cool, because you're like, oh, great, another trunk retreat. Church has been doing trunk retreats for a while, right? Anybody ever been to a church trunk retreat? Yeah, sometimes they're weird. That's going to be honest with you. I say that because when I, we first started talking to Brad about it, Brad was like, oh, that's weird. Uh, now, he was supportive, but like the uh, trunk retreats can get weird, especially at churches, because there's only like so many trunks you can make look like Jonah and the whale, you know? <laughs> I, you laugh because you know that's true. You're like, oh, there's the ark. There's Jonah and the whale. Like, we have to make them all biblical, you know? Uh, I want one church to show up. <laughs> This is terrible. This isn't in my notes either. I want one church to do John the Baptist who's beheaded just because that's in there. You know? <laughs> oh, sorry, Brad. <laughs> oh, goodness. No, so here's, let me tell you about this trunk or treat. Now, trunk or treats, generally, if you don't know what the trunk or treat is, like it's where a lot of times events will happen and people will decorate the backside of their car, the trunk of their car, and uh, they make it look like something festive for the event and Halloween is around that time. Anybody in this church or in here grow up where you weren't allowed to celebrate Halloween? I was. We had like a harvest festivals and we go skating and stuff. Like they try to keep you off the streets or something. I don't know. I lived in a small town. Like what were you going to do? Couldn't trick or treat all the time. But, uh, you know, that conservative vein was afraid of Halloween. Um, so you, you, you basically fill a parking lot with a bunch of people who've decorated their vehicles or spaces. And kids trick or treat through the parking lot and get stuff uh, and we thought, well, what if we took every relationship that we have and we tried to leverage it for this event to make a difference for something greater than ourselves? Instead of it just being a fun thing where we, because we could do this ourselves, to be honest with you, I could ask you all to make a trunk and we'd bring our kids to it and our kids could enjoy a fun night. That'd be fun, right? But that would be very inward focused. What if we could just make it so that we invited all of the people we knew in our community and so here's how we're going to run this thing. We're going to try to leverage every relationship we have with all of the business partners and entities and groups within our community to come and join us. And some of them trust us because they've seen us do other events like Movies in the Park and uh, the Westfield Egg Drop. And we're inviting them to come set up a space in the parking lot where they can, it can be a trunk, it could be a 10 by 10 tent, something of that nature. And they get to give out candy for the evening to kids and they can also give out something about their entity their business, their group, their, their bank, whatever it may be. They can give out stuff like that. But instead of coming for free, we're going to ask them to give a $200 donation. And all the money we raise, we're going to try to give. We're not going to try to. We are going to give it to Family Promise of Hamilton County. Yeah, right? That's cool. 
I've got an internal goal, and I hate to say it out loud, because if I fail, you guys are going to be like, man, what a loser. Uh, I have a goal to try to get 30 entities to be a part of this, which would allow us to raise, you can do the math, right, $6,000 to give to Family Promise, uh, which when I talked to um, Nancy, who is the head of Family Promise here in Hamilton County, she was like, are you kidding me? And one of the fun things about it is, like, I think we have six or eight businesses who've already signed up to be a part of it, and we haven't even gone public with it yet. Isn't that fun? And uh, the goal is that we're going to make it so that we can fill our parking lot with businesses who care about our city, who want to give back to our city. With, for a small lump sum, they can make a big difference. And collectively, as we unite our community together, uh, I see Inspire as being like a catalyst that helps create opportunities for the community to unite around causes that matter. And then we also are going to have another little fun thing. So those of you who have kids, we're going to have hay rides. Uh, Northside Trailer, I talked to them on Friday. They're going to, they're going to give us, um, he said he'd give me as many trailers as we want, but I'm going to try to get us like 12 trailers or something. And we're going to pull kids on hay rides, and we're going to take them over to Wellbrook of Westfield, and they'll be able to trick-or-treat through the senior living facility there, which is awesome, right? And Wellbrook, when I talked to them, <laughs> uh, again, everybody's used to strings being attached, Right? So I went over and I met with their executive director. I was like, here's something we want to do. Would you be willing to be a part of this? And she's like, yeah, so what do you need from us? I was like, unlock the doors. <laughs> and she's like, no, seriously, like, you don't need anything else? I was like, no, we'll take care of all of it. We'll organize it. I'll get the trailers. I'll get you the kids. And she was like, she told me this. She said, in our facility, the two times a year that our residents get the most excited is Christmas because kids will visit and sing and come and do things and do that. And she goes, the second one is Halloween. And she says, sometimes we can get like 30 to 40 kids to kind of come through and trick-or-treat through the, the senior living facility. And I said, I'm going to try to get more than that. <laughs> and so I think this is going to be a cool event. And here's the deal. It's going to be free to, for families. We want families to come and enjoy a night where the, the community is united around blessing uh, the families who attend. We're going to invite the businesses to be a part of it. What's been fun is we've had some businesses like, I mean, I can't necessarily commit to being there and setting up a space, but I'd love to donate to the cause. Um, and we're hoping that by the end of this event, we'll have created new relationships. Maybe we can create a little bit of a community of people who rally around this idea of wanting to love and serve the community in great ways. We're going to help provide for a great entity that helps provide uh, solutions for homeless families in Hamilton County. And we're going to fill a nursing home full of children. Senior living facility, excuse me. I mean, does that not sound like a win, 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 right? Yeah, so we're excited about it, and uh, over the next couple of weeks, you're going to start hearing more about it. We're going to invite you to be a part of it. This isn't necessarily like the egg drop, or where I don't know that we're going to need like 300,000 volunteers, but we will need you. Uh, we're going to do this one all on our own, so we're not going to have other churches necessarily being a part of the volunteer core of it, but we're going to be needing people to drive trucks that can pull a hay wagon at a safe speed. Uh, <laughs> we're going to need people who can help us. We are going to ask that every child be pre-registered, mostly because we have no idea how many kids are going to show up, so hopefully pre-registration will help us learn roughly how many people are showing up so we can tell businesses, like, make sure you have enough candy, because if your business runs out of candy, you don't want to be that business. <laughs> When you're down to just stickers, you're toast, you know, uh, and we want to make sure that we have all of the logistical pieces put into place, and so we're going to need everybody to be a part of this. It's going to be happening on October 27th, 
which is the Sunday night before Halloween, so nobody has to give up their neighborhood trick-or-treating if they've got that going on. And let's be real, kids are dying to put on their uh, costumes a little early, so it gives them a chance to put on their costume. And uh, the Colts do play at 4 o'clock, and so we will have that. We're going to find a way to make sure that that's happening uh, so you'll be able to still see what's going on in the game. And right now, it probably feels like you don't care about that Colts game. So (laughs) maybe we don't. (laughs) So are, are you excited about doing this with me? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyways, we be we continue to dream of ways that we can like effectively get off our donkey, and we're going to try to find more ways to leverage every relationship and resource and asset at our fingers, at our fingertips, to be able to do something great in our community, for our community. Let me pray for us. Lord, I thank you for uh, just a a community of people who want to serve and who want to be a part of something. And Lord, I just genuinely believe that you you continue to breathe life into this community. Lord, may we steward it well. May we breathe life into our city. May we take what you've given us and may it affect how we live. May it affect our city and our neighbors and our community and our workplaces. And Lord, uh, we just truly believe that the best is yet to come. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Westfield area, we'd love to see you at one of our weekend gatherings. For directions and more information about our services and family ministries, check out our Facebook page or visit us online at www.inspire.church.